Have you ever struggled to achieve all that's important to you? Of course you have, you're an entrepreneur. We all have struggled with that. Well, today I've got a very special guest, phenomenal guest. He is a high performance coach to not only pro and Olympic athletes, but to executives and entrepreneurs like ourselves. And I had the chance to meet him uh, a couple times at different mastermind groups. And I gotta tell you, I've been blown away with Todd Herman and what he's doing. Uh, you may know him as the creator of the uh, 90 day year, but you know his background in leadership, advice to entrepreneurs, and what I always like his, his tagline is, I help ambitious people perform, period. The Boston Herald calls him uh, a sports training superstar, and he is indeed. The Business Insider says he's a secret weapon and this to entrepreneurs and executives like yourself. And that's why I wanted to have Todd join us. And you know, the agile uh, Ogilvy you know, called him the world's greatest salesman. So if you've ever wondered if you could be just a little bit more effective in achieving all that's important to you, Stay tuned, you don't wanna miss this. I'm John Bowen, and you are at AES Nation. It's all about accelerating your success. Stay tuned. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams aesnation.com um you know we're going to be jumping into you know really talking about in a few seconds like stages of business and why that's really relevant to the people that i know that you talk to like really elite entrepreneurs and you know the struggle that naturally happens is when you're scaling anything is dealing with like you know people personal leadership stuff about, you know, getting out of your own way so your business can actually get to the next level, which is probably one of the biggest issues that people have. Um, but uh, so we're going to get to that stuff in a second. We'll maybe talk about some like mental toughness stuff because that's the stuff that I've jammed on with pro athletes, Olympic athletes. Well, and, that, you, know. You, know, that, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're all at different stages and many of us have started, you know, different many businesses along the way have gone yeah. full cycle. Sometimes we have multiple businesses going on and Todd, you're one of the few guys that I think is really good at providing that leadership and the focus at every stage. So I, I want to take yeah. you through each stage of, you know, really building that scale to business. And, uh, but I want everybody to know who you are. They haven't had the chance yeah. to hang out with you here. Like I, no, I know. So I'm, uh, I live here in New York city with my, uh, young little family. I've got three little kids uh molly sophie and charlie all under the age of five years of age with my beautiful wife valerie um not from new york though i grew up on a really large farm and ranch in western canada in alberta and uh so that's where i got my work ethic from which is feeding feeding chickens at 50 at 5 56 in the morning um for my dad but uh grew up on a farm and then i was a really good athlete played uh, college football was a nationally ranked badminton player as well and um, throughout that entire time, I was also a terribly uncoachable athlete. So um, a good mentor and teacher of mine at a young age handed me a book on leadership and said, you know what, you're definitely going to go places with your athletic skills, but no one likes coaching you. So you might want to get that fixed. And also no one likes playing with you because you're just too overly competitive. Um, I'm sure there's a, maybe a couple of people out there who can relate to that. So anyways, this book on leadership, I got into it. It was actually, it wasn't a very good book, but the 
this author talked about kind of the mind. And I was, I think, 14 or 15 at the time. And it sort of sent me down this rabbit hole of just learning about, well, what's this whole mindset stuff all about? And I ended up just consuming as much as I possibly could about how the mind works, how the brain works, and really getting into the zone. That's what I really cared about because that's what was relevant to me as an athlete was how can I get absolute best out of myself um, as consistently as possible. And I managed to kind of uncover this whole process for how you get into the zone and flow state, which is where every single ounce of competency and skill that you have naturally flows out of you without any sort of thinking about doubt or judgment of yourself or criticism in the moment. And when I got done playing sport, I ended up working with younger athletes. I was volunteering at a high school coaching football and these kids started getting great results because I talked to them more about how their mind worked and, you know, giving them some mental toughness skills and just that ended up turning into a business. And um, when I started that, I didn't know if it was a, a real business. Uh, people started asking me to coach and mentor their kids. And I was like, are they only asking me because they know me and they like me or is this an actual real thing? So I ended up doing as many speeches as I could around the province of Alberta in 90 days. I ended up doing 68 speeches in 90 days. And that's what launched the Peak Athlete, my, my sports company that was 21 years ago now and pretty quickly started working with uh, pro athletes and then Olympic athletes. And I've been doing that and, and I won't stop because that's my first love for sure. And the nature of working with, you know, this, I mean, when you're, when people find out that you're working with pro athletes or pro athletes or, you know, the guy who's on the highlight reel every night on ESPN type A personalities in business or um, executives will say, well, I've got to perform at a high level. Can you help me? And the principles are all the exact same. So the answer was, yeah. So I launched another, uh, consulting and training company working with pro or sorry with uh, business professionals and entrepreneurs and that's been 16 17 years and you know hasn't stopped work with big companies and I've worked with small entrepreneurs as well so yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's great uh, I've worked in sports as well uh, at a very high level and had, we had bought four sports agencies so I saw the <laughs> performance of really top people and I, I was on the financial side though. And what yeah. happened was that, you know, they're training like crazy to perform in a relatively short period. I mean, particularly the Olympic stars. Yeah. And when you think of corporate, you know, for the most part, there's not a lot of training going on, but they're performing all the time. And I've always thought that was a mismatch. And well, I mean, at the end of the day, what we're working with athletes on is either the refinement of skill, especially at the pro pro level or the Olympic level, we're looking for like a micro percentage point increase in performance. Um, and the mistake that whether it's executives or entrepreneurs make is really, so the, the great thing about what sport does is when you're playing football, there is a defined set of rules. You know what the field of play is. You know what you're supposed to be doing in a specific role. And from that role, you're able to then define out what you probably should be working on as a skill. And the problem that entrepreneurs and executives um, make is that they don't develop what I think is actually one of the great superpowers that anyone could ever develop, which is self-awareness. They don't actually know what are your core strengths. Um, I call it your prodigy zone. What's the thing that when you're doing it, you can make anyone else who's even good at it look bad. You know, for me, I'm a relationship guy. I'm an extrovert naturally. Um, you know, you put me in a room with people for eight hours teaching something, I'll leave with the same amount of energy that I walked in with. It doesn't, you know, drain me at all. And so that is a superpower of mine. That's a strength. 
And so if that's a strength, then the thing that I should be reinforcing over time is constantly developing my ability to communicate so that I can be even more effective with, with whatever word choices I use when I'm working with people. So entrepreneurs or executives don't spend enough time really looking at, okay, what is the field of play that I like live in? Or that could be your business model. That could be the role that you have inside of your company and really take a look at, well, what are the one, two or three skills that if I really consistently focused on them, it's going to give me an immeasurable impact on my likelihood of success. And, and so just like you said, there is kind of no, you know, we got the Olympics, you know, for 2018 are, are happening. And maybe by the time this goes out there, they just happened or, or whatever. But, um, you know, there is no maybe set date on people's um, event calendar for their business or for their corporate world where they're really focused on building towards something. And so we need to be more, that's what, that's the purpose of being goal oriented is, is because it actually creates friction and it forces you to actually focus your attention and energy onto something. But um, yeah, to your point, the whole idea of performance doesn't just exist in the world of sport. It totally works in the world of business as well. And you wrote a great article on the five stages of uh, business. Yeah. And what I'd love to do is just ask you on each of these areas let's walk through because you know there's different challenges at each stage and let's start with right from the foundation and you know what what are you know what accelerates you know that high performance you're talking about how do we you know when we're, we've got something that we're just dreaming it up it's not real yet how do we make you know take advantage of this high performance leadership that you've been talking about yeah so i mean at the end of the day, so high performance is going to come down to the ability to focus in on something. That's how you can really accelerate. And so, you know, when I started working with entrepreneurs and executives more, my, my brain, I'm dyslexic. And so I think in pictures in my head, even when you're talking to me, I'm automatically formulating your stuff into a picture in my head to try to formulate a, um, a picture of what someone's uh, talking about. But, you know, when, when I started working in business, sort of naturally, I went to, oh, there seems to be stages to this whole thing. And at every stage, there's one thing that really needs to be focused on in order to get to the next stage. Because uh, when we're working with athletes, there's athletic development stages where, you know, when you're just starting out, you're trying to build skills with people. So in, um, you just alluded to it, at the very bottom, if you imagine if everyone's watching or listening, and I guess you have the graphic up too. So you got these five stages. At the very bottom is this stage of dream up, which is, you know, the business hasn't been launched yet. Um, most people are kind of caught up in a lot of fear or trepidation or, or concern or worry about whether the thing is going to work. But the most important activity that someone needs to focus on in that area is validation. Is this thing that I have an idea for truly going to work? Um, and the great thing is, is, you know, most people aren't necessarily starting a brand new industry business. You know, they're not starting something from scratch. There's probably other ways of validating, like, you know, is there already com competition out there? But the key activity that matters in DreamUp is you need to validate that idea. And even if you're um, an existing business, this could even be equating it to if you're launching a new product, you got to validate the product. So you're not wasting a ton of time and energy on something that just isn't going to work in the market. And, you know, I really, you know, I found that, I mean, I, I mean, there's so many, the great thing about today, you know, if you have an existing business and you're going to the same people, it's really easy to go out and go to them. 
uh, and you know do tests with a digital, particularly for the digital product. Yeah. Then um, you know also like Kickstarter, Indiegogo. I mean, there's so many ways anymore of testing things. Thing that you've got there now, you've just you've got a dollar, and now you've just graduated to the next stage of business. Which, by the way, um, even though it's not illustrated on the actual you know, image itself, there's a huge gap between the people who actually dream about starting a business and who actually start a business. How many friends have you been asked by, um, you know, whether or not they think or whether you think their idea is any good and you're, you know, you're being a good friend and you're listening to them, but you know, fundamentally, they're probably never going to go and actually start it. So listen, I mean, I have, I've dumped a lot of money into different businesses. So um, yeah, so now we've got the dollar, the next stage that people are, now you're in startup. Like you've actually taken the dollar and, you know, if you've crossed that chasm into being a startup business owner, um, all of us can remember that it's completely overwhelming. Grass was greener because we were like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And then we go out, we launch, and then we realize just how many hats you need to wear when you're a, maybe they're a solo entrepreneur, when you're just starting out and, you know, 90% of those hats that you're wearing don't fit because, you know, you got to be the chief bottle washer. You got to be the financial bookkeeper bookkeeper you got to actually ship the product make the product sell the product market the product all these types of things but the key thing in there is to not get so overwhelmed with trying to fix all of the kind of um leaky parts of the business it's natural it's it's supposed to be that way i think of startup just like the freshman year of college it's meant to wash people out Freshman year of college, the way that they build it is to wash out freshmen so they don't actually make it to sophomore. Sounds like it's kind of survival of the fittest and 100% is. Startup is the exact same way. It's to weed out the people who just don't have what it takes to get at, have what it takes at that point in time to get to the next level. But the main area of focus for people that are in startup is to make sure that they reinforce and solidify one of the five big pillars of business. And one of those pillars is the marketing sales and product pillar. Because if you don't work on, you know, really solidifying a marketing system for lead generation in your business or a conversion system in your business, um, or you don't work on really um, honing that product promise out in the marketplace so that it's, it fits, then when you get to the next level, if you don't reinforce those things, you'll just slide back down. It's like a classic case of snakes and ladders. You're just constantly playing the cycle and start up in the next stage ramp up is this often place that a lot of businesses just play in a cycle of, you know, you've got, um, what is it? 70% of all small business doesn't earn beyond um, a half million dollars a year in business or something like that. And that's because they just cycle through startup and ramp up, you know, they get a bunch of, they get a bunch of money coming in or a bunch of customers coming in. They got to deliver on those promises to those customers. And then when they're not doing that, that means they're not also doing the activity of marketing their business and then things dry up a little bit. So they have to go back down and get some more business and then they call climb back up. So startup is all about, you know, developing a marketing sales or product system in the business. That move from dream up to startup, and then we're going to get to ramp up now. And I, you know, I know you do some uh, private investing. I used to work in VC you know, as a venture capitalist, you know, assisting in that area, and did a you know, bunch of private deals. And I'm always looking for like that million dollar of revenue. You know, focus on the top line in the startup. Yeah, you know, that proof of concept. Yeah. If you can get that going, I get, you can have the rest of the business not working, but if you can prove there's somebody out there that wants your stuff, yeah. then you can move up the ladder in the stages. I mean, yeah. is that aligned, Todd, on your thoughts too? 
you need to have operational systems or people systems in place to get you there. And that's actually where most entrepreneurs typically aren't that great. Most entrepreneurs are really good at um, either the marketing side or the product side, um, even the customers or even like the service focused side of the business. Most of them are very good at the operational side um, where you systemize things and you simplify things so that you can actually scale something. Um, and, and so to get, to get to that revenue marker point, I think most businesses really need to be focusing on reinforcing their marketing sales and product pillar, like you were just talking about up to about $5 million, like until you get there, um, you know, and of course finances are important. It's not that none of those things aren't important, but they're the main focus because you can have great operations, but if you don't have revenue coming in, then, you know, what is it, what does it really matter? I guess in the end. You know, the, you know, we take it through startup, we've got, you know, in ramp up, we got this concept, you know, that's really working and we got the top yeah. line really working well, but then all of a sudden more people want our stuff and things start breaking pretty quickly. Yeah. So we've got this yeah. huge opportunity, but you know, there's a difference from, you know, there's so many talented entrepreneurs that can run hard. <laughs> What are the, how, do, how do you bre breach that? Because, I mean, if we talk about the numbers, you know, there's 28 million businesses. And I don't have the number off the top of my head. But yeah. in scale up, there is a pretty small group that make it there. Yeah. And um, and so one who goes from ramp up to scale up, it's funny because I'm always trying to find, like when I'm working with people, um, you know, I obviously crawl inside people's heads for a living and you know um tinker around until i find whatever that kind of gap is that's preventing someone or that stop gap that's preventing someone to getting that performance to the level that they want and i when i started working with entrepreneurs the word control came up over and over again with the reason why they wanted they started their business it's like i wanted more control about my life i wanted to you know control the direction or the control the amount of wealth that i created just control came up and yet that's the very thing that is a red herring. It is, um, if you continuously cling to the idea of control, you will never get to the point where you can get from ramp up to scale up because control by very nature is, you find those entrepreneurs who um, they micromanage their team. Um, I can do it the best, no one can do it better than me, so why even bother, which is just completely delusional sense of self-worth um, self and self-value. And that's okay. Like, I mean, there's, there's some statistics that show that the happiest entrepreneurs that are out there fall between 300,000 and two and a half million dollars a year in revenue. And it's because they don't have big teams at that point in time, because you can run a two and a half million dollar year business and not have a massive team. Um, and, um, and they have, just like you said, they have a good job. They can't walk away from it, but they can take a two week vacation and mm -hmm. not, <clears throat> things aren't going to fall apart dramatically, but they have a pretty good lifestyle. The, the real challenge for people is that two and a half million to $10 million mark, because it feels like the exact same experience they had when they were just starting out where there's a lot of overwhelm. You're sort of beyond your sense of skills because to go from two and a half million to $10 million a year in revenue demands that you really get your operational systems, your financial systems in place, which means you got to bring in a head of operations and you're starting to like now divide up roles and skills. And again, this gets back to, the challenge of most entrepreneurs, they're typically really good at leading themselves, not the best, despite what most people like to think about themselves. Entrepreneurs are typically not the best leaders of other people. You know, the, the, from ramp up to scale and then the leader up, you know, yeah. 
sometimes those CEOs are no longer. Yeah. And so to, to kind of really give people something prescriptive. So to go from ramp up to scale up again, you got to really focus on that operational system stuff, really get your house in order. Cause then when you get to scale up in order for you to go from scale up to leader up, that's where it's all about people and leadership. And, and the, the, the key thing here is when you're just starting out, you don't need a vision. Like this whole idea that, you know, start with why and vision, that's all platitudes and philosophical stuff from someone who's never run a business or worked with entrepreneurs. I like Simon Sinek. I think he's a smart guy, but he's got it wrong. You know, I'm a field of play guy. I've been out on the field, sweating it out with my clients, standing on the sidelines, watching my athletes either get beat up or lose medals at the last second. There's a lot of nuance that happens there. And so when you're just starting a business, you only need the vision for yourself. You don't even need, you don't need to write it down and have a mission statement. That's all a bunch of bull. You don't need it. However, if you want to get from scale up and up, your vision better be far more inclusive and go beyond whatever your personal goals are because you need to get your team and your culture excited about the direction of where the business is going. And so that's where it really demands um, a new level of thinking and leadership from the entrepreneur, or if it's not from the entrepreneur, the person that you've brought in to in to take over the CEO type role of the business. And you might be like the creative visionary of the business, or you just hand them the reins and you might go and start another business. Yeah. When I work with clients, I don't, <laughs> not that I'm the boss of their life, but I tell people you are not allowed to start another business until you get your business into scale up because now you're just running on two treadmills. You're just hustling on two treadmills because ramp up is all about what you're the center of attention. You're the one that has, you're the center cog in your business because you haven't operationally unattached yourself from it. Yeah. And I, I totally, we're moving up, you know, from ramp up to scale up, we're putting systems, we're becoming operational efficient, you know, as you were talking mm -hmm. about. And if you're not at scale up, you know, you don't have systems in place. So if you walk away to start another business, it's going to, if not fail, it's going to be very disappointing. And, yeah. you know, focus, focus, focus is just, you know, high performance energy. We, you know, it, not only yeah. do we have a, a time constraint, we've got an energy constraint. So we need to really be focused. And then, but when we get, you know, scale up, lead up, we got to figure out what role we have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, just, just like we are along any process, that entrepreneur, that when you do get up to scale up, the, the, the one kind of um, pratfall, pitfall mistake that entrepreneurs make is you've just gone through this process of finally getting things operationally kind of um, off of your plate. And then because you've got, you've just done the one thing that most people are complaining about in ramp up is, which is you don't have much time on your hands. And so because you've just gone through this long process of building and um, scaling up a business and now you got time on your hands, you're habitually and behaviorally used to what a frenetic pace. And now that you got time back, what do you do? You go and micromanage all the operations that you just hired someone smarter than you at doing. And then you start, you know, throwing dust and sand into the kind of cogs in the machinery of your business and it just grinds it down. Yeah. So, um, the, none of the year came out of, I was uh, working with, uh, early on, I was working with an athlete and, People know that you know the hockey season or the baseball season or the basketball season is a really long season and oftentimes with athletes you'll get this performance dip or this focus dip um, in the middle part of the season and so i just sort of intuitively said well let's just split this thing up into like two seasons and it just so happens that it worked out to 
being 90 days. And so we created this 90 day performance plan and it really did create a, a high level of focus. Now, you know, 20 years later, um, there's so much research around um, goals and projects. And they found that, you know, this is at the University of California, Santa Barbara, Stanford's done this, University of Waterloo in Canada, um, have all done different studies and lots of other places have as well, that 90 days is about the horizon line to the motivational factor in the mind. And what that means is, is anything that goes beyond 90 days, if it's a 180 day goal, or people talk about one year goals, anything goes beyond 90 days, creates a high level of avoidant behavior and procrastination. And we all know that typically the MO of a entrepreneur is fairly ADD-esque. Um, you know, lots of interests, lots of things that they want to work on. But 90 days after working with hundreds of thousands is a fantastic amount of time to get an entrepreneur to focus on something. So the 90 day year is all about, you know, essentially the promises, you know, you can do more in 90 days and everyone else does in a year. And that's because the way that most people work is they're working on so many projects and things all at once. So I'm working away at, you know, this project over here. And then I stop and I start working on this one. And essentially it's the equivalent of like pushing a boulder up the hill, seeing the other boulder and then rushing over to push it up the hill. And then that one fell down the hill. And meanwhile, you've got four other boulders that you're trying to push up the hill and it defies performance. That is not what high performance is at all. Not in a year is the high performance system that we use with, with people. And so we pick one goal that is our goal. You know, I know and met Mark Zuckerberg years ago and we were talking about sort of the secret sauce of success of Facebook. And he said it, not me, I didn't even fish for this, but he said, it's because we have one goal. And we've had one goal now for six years. This is when they were six years into the business. Um, and that is get more users. They only just stopped having that as their main goal a year and a half ago. It's now on to something else because they don't need to get more users because there's not many more users they can get. Uh, so we focus on one goal and then we cascade that with projects. What are the projects that you can do in the next 90 days to help you hit that goal that you have for yourself? Because projects in the context of business are essentially the strategy we're using to hit our goals. Because what is strategy? Strategy is the direction of resources to accomplish something. Well, projects are what? You know, how are we gonna use resources to achieve a project for ourselves? Um, and so, that's what, that's what makes the 90 year powerful. We talked about focus before. 90 year is all about constraining focus down to one thing, one goal for that 90 days. Now, if you have a larger business, you know, I've, you know 90 year is used inside of Shell, it's used inside of Goldman Sachs. But if you have a larger business, um, you've got a main company goal and then your divisions have their goal as well. You know, that, that group or team of people. So basically it's like, if you have a team of people, they have one goal. But what we want to do is make sure that there's alignment amongst those goals. So their goal needs to at least reinforce whatever the big company-wide goal is. And, and that level of thinking and discipline is, what, is why it's really, really difficult to compete against a business that operates that way. Because they're lean, they subtract constantly, they delete constantly, they're eliminated. You're talking about, you love the word simple elegance. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what the 90 years trying to create. Most people are create are carrying these super heavy weighted backpacks, you know, while towing 16 boulders behind them. And they think that they're going to somehow achieve success, but it's because their ambition has heaped way too much onto their plate 
and it's slowing them down and it eats away then as well at our level of confidence. Like, I mean, I know the mental game. I've, I've played this stuff with people for a long time. I know the cascading effect of trying to do too much. And um, the result is, is typically leaves very exhausted and depressed entrepreneurs. Yeah, no, I, I pull up your uh, website because I want to give some resources. Sure. I think, uh, Todd, your uh, website is great. Uh, ToddHerman.me. And one of the things I was really impressed was your about. I hadn't seen it before in, in prep. <laughs> uh, I might steal some of the idea. I would encourage people to look at that. It's just a phenomenal, you know, great way of getting it, uh, uh, casually telling people your background in a yeah. way. Blogs, fantastic, the contacts there. Also, I encourage everybody to sign up for the 90 uh, day 90 year. We'll be relaunching, that's at uh, www.90dayyear.com. And there's a wait list and- uh, Workshops here in New York City for people to come in and spend a few days about really knowing how to go and take 90 year and implement inside their businesses. And, you know, kind of um, have a far more kind of mastermind type session with with high level um, entrepreneurs as well. So, you know, we'll have more information on the, on the website, but uh, yeah, I mean, I love, I love jamming with people that you talk to as well, because it's, it's those people that are at that high level that have that ability to make a really big impact. And they have, and, you know, if you've gotten your business above a million dollars a year in business, which to some of us who've now got eight figure businesses may, may not sound like an impressive number, but it truly is an impressive number. There's not many businesses that can get there past a million. And, and I know you've got those people in troves. So people I love to talk to. Yeah, no, Todd, and it just kind of key takeaway. Let me pull up one more time in the five stages of uh, business. And it's it's just, you know, re-listen to this and, you know, look at the transcript and the ideas that Todd shared on how you bridge each of these gaps from dream up to startup, to ramp up, to scale up, to leader up, because the value creation, you know, we're, we're all, everybody here is, we are big uh, capitalists and by creating yeah. value for clients, the right clients and getting those systems in place and providing the right leadership, ultimately the value you can create by making a huge difference in your clients and future clients is just amazing. Exceptional. Remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.